Neil Henry walked out on a uh, press conference this week. Did do you support what he did, and, and have you spoken to him about how he handles this stuff? Because Neil is a, a coach that doesn't like outside distractions. He tries very hard not to have outside distractions, but clearly with a, a player with the, the personality that Jared brings to the team uh, and to the game, that's going to happen. Yeah, look, I think it's probably a bit of a, a stretch, Paul, to say that he walked out on a press conference. Yes, he did walk away when he got asked the same question for about the sixth time. Um, but um, I was actually there when that happened and uh, he walked away with a smile on his face. So he basically um, answered all the questions that had been asked. They just kept getting asked in a different way. So um, it, it, it's not like he'd stormed out halfway through a press conference. It was basically complete. But in, in, in relation to Neil, he's been around a long time. You know, he's a former, a former Dallium Coach of the Year. He's, uh, he's coached uh, teams to finals. Uh, he's been an assistant origin coach. He's had a lot of success. And he's certainly not inexperienced, so you know he knows how to deal with these things. The the club's got a, a one-year contract, and I believe Jared has the option for next year. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that's true, and there's been a fair bit made of that in the last week as well. But it's kind of irrelevant, Paul, because any player that's in the last year of their contract can sign with another club at any stage during that last year. So, um, you know, they always focus on dates. You know, well, I've, heard, I've read April, I've read May, and but like, you know, effectively. Any player in the last year of their contract could come to their CEO um, tomorrow and say, "I'm not resigning." So it's um, you know it's it's, a, it's an irrelevant date. When do you begin discussions with Jared then about next season? Uh, well, I mean, obviously things have changed a little bit in the, in the light of yesterday, uh, in that he's not going to be on the field for a while. I think uh, you know it still remains to be uh, confirmed how serious the injury is, but. When I looked at it yesterday, his ankle was about twice the size of, of, of the other ankle. Um, and uh, there'll be scans. He'll undergo scans tomorrow morning. But I don't expect we're going to see him on the field for an extended period of time. Uh, and, um, you know, the, so that, those April-May dates become even more irrelevant because he's not going to be on the field for the next uh, month or so, I would think. Do you really believe that? Perhaps. Do you really believe they become irrelevant, though? Because you've been around the game for a long time and you know this is a conversation that has now begun about Jared's place in the, in the side and about his place in the culture of the club. And with an option for next year, with next year looming, everybody's going to be, whether you like it or not, that will become yeah. part of the conversation about what he does and whether he's, yeah. he commits to you guys for next year or not. Absolutely, Paul, and I accept that. And uh, the thing is, we don't have to renegotiate with him because we already have accepted terms for next year. So it's okay. just a matter of whether he's going to take them up or not. So we don't have to sit down and negotiate with Jared. If he stays with us, he knows exactly what he's going to get. But you'll um, want to know an answer, I imagine, because if he doesn't stay, then you'll have to go into the marketplace. Well, sure. Um, but, you know, every club's in that position every year with their marquee players if they're coming off contract. You know, yeah. so but that's why they prefer it done sooner. It's not nothing special. But I'm no. sure you'd rather it done sooner rather than later. Well, I mean, we we would obviously like to plan for next year uh, in the same way that any other club would if they've got players coming off contract. Uh, but sometimes those decisions are made earlier. Sometimes they're not. Look, the bottom line, Paul, is that if Jared wants to stay with us, there's a contract there that he's already accepted for next year. Um, but you know that's a decision that only Jared can make. But uh, we'll, he'll he'll take his time with that, and we'll talk to him constantly, of course, about how he's feeling and and what his views are. But when that decision will be made, I can't tell you. We're here and now. Okay, we're talking to Graham Annesley here, the CEO of the the Gold Coast Titans, and Graham, 
the club itself has it made a great strides last year, built on a, a chemistry and, and a, a, a culture that Neil Henry brought in where everybody went out, did their bit, played their part, and the club was having a lot of success doing that. Then midway through the season, you signed Jared Hayden. Everybody thought that would be the launch of the side and, and send them into the deep into the playoffs and, and into the, the mainstream or the, the big leagues of of uh, finals contenders, but he hasn't really had that impact. Is that, is that something that uh, it's taken a little bit of time to work out? Well, Paul, I mean, if we made the finals last year. If you yeah. go back 12 months, at the start of last year, everyone you know, basically predicted us to win the wooden spoon. Yeah. Um, the, the players performed above and beyond expectations. There's, there was a great spirit in the club, and there still is a great spirit in the club, and I think we saw that again yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, despite only having one player on the bench for the entire second half, uh, you know, the pl- they nearly pulled off a pretty miraculous win, actually, uh, mm. in front with eight minutes to go. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with the spirit in the team. Uh, mm. You know, we're zero and two, uh, but we're not the only club in that position. Uh, and, um, and, and you know, we're, gonna, uh, we're certainly not giving up and we're certainly not panicking at this stage. So uh, we think we've got... Uh, on paper, one of the best teams in the competition, but uh, we've got to have them on the field and we've got to have them performing. And at the moment, we're having a lot of trouble getting them all on the field. And those injuries yesterday, certainly, not they weren't ideal, were they? They, they came at the no. wrong time in the game and, and obviously a star player plus two crucial players. Uh, it's yeah. going to be a, a tough next month for you guys. Well, all three of those players uh, are possibly facing extended periods on the on the sideline. Uh, again, all subject to scans tomorrow. Uh, but Anthony Don's already had a couple of shoulder reconstructions, and he's done his shoulder. Uh, so um, you know, add, add that to Jared's, and you know, we're 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 in a bit of trouble injury wise. But um, we'll scrape the team together, and we'll go out and compete against the Earls. Gordon's been uh, taking a lot of credit for what you guys did. He says he's an <laughs> ambassador of the club, and uh, you owe him too. And he says he's not going to be uh, he's not going to be seen around you guys until you win a game. What, what, do, you, what do you say oh, to Graham, a guy? Graham, Graham, Graham. Do you believe no, that? I think Gordy's only been helping us out since just prior to round one, actually. So we still owe him. Actually, Graham, what, what's what's easier, being a being a politician or being a CEO of a footy club? <laughs> well, they, they both have their ups and downs. Um, look, you know, I love the game. I've been involved since I was 12 years old, um, you know, on and off the field. I've had a long career in administration as well. Um, I broke it up for a while to, to uh, you know, again, stay involved with sport, but on a wider stage. And uh, so I was uh, really fortunate to be able to come back to the game full time. You know, I, I still say you know, this club is celebrating its 10th year in the competition. Uh, if you think about the Sharks, you know, it took them 50 years to crack it for a premiership, and I can absolutely guarantee it's not going to take the uh, the Titans anywhere near that length of time. Hey, and and, uh, and what about Gold Coast for a market for, like, a sporting team? Obviously, like, we've watched, you know, um, yep. a lot of sides fail there. Um, yep. Mate, is it a difficult market? Well, I mean, that's an interesting question, Gordy. I mean, it's the sixth largest city in the country. Um, and, uh, you know, it's an hour by plane to Sydney. It's an hour up the highway to Brisbane. Uh, it's it's in a fantastic uh, place for people to raise young families. It's going to continue to grow at above the national growth rate of most cities. Uh, so if we can't make rugby league work in rugby league heartland in the sixth largest city in the country, uh, then, you know, where else are we going to take the game? If we talk about expansion, and I know that's off the agenda for the moment, but we have to make it work in the areas where we are already strong. We've got 
6,000 local juniors in our catchment area here. That's just behind Parramatta and Penrith. So um, are people um, a little fickle sometimes and they come out when the team's winning and when they're losing? Yeah, of course. But if you look at any team in the competition... Um, in fact, it was interesting when I was at the NRL and I was the chief operating officer. You know, I used to have club CEOs come to me all the time saying, "Oh, our crowds would have been better if we had better time slots, and you know, if it didn't rain and all sorts of things." But the only thing that I saw that consistently impacted on crowds going either north or south was team performance. Graham, it's uh, it's Ryan Girdler. Gordon's taken his uh, his size 13 off my throat and going to allow me to ask a question, mate. Thanks for coming <laughs> on. Hey, uh, I just wanted to go back to Jared quickly in recruitment. Obviously, yep. it's a big part of the NRL these days, Graham, and something you're heavily involved in as part of your role up there at the Titans. And when you guys went after Jared, you would have expected, obviously, not just headlines like this, but uh, someone to bring in your club, and and you would have had high expectations of him on the field. Off the field, though, I mean, you've been in the game as you said since. You were 12 years old, and we all know the insiders in the game. We all know that Jared, well, he hasn't been a great trainer, and he's, he's had his issues at Parramatta with training and commitment to, you know, team culture. And then also we've seen that at representative level to some degree as well. What did you guys expect to get out of Jared? Not in a marketing sense, not on the field as, as a weekend as what we see as a player, Jared Hayne, but just in a sense of leadership at training, commitment to... Uh, that his players around him, did, was that something you guys addressed as you, you know, spend a big chunk of your salary cap on him or was that something that you thought you'd manage when you got him here? Well, look, we bought Jared as a, uh, as a marquee player. I mean, every team in the competition, if you're going to be serious about trying to contend in this competition, it's so close. You've got to have, you've got to have great players on your roster and it's difficult to have more than probably one in most cases because of the impact on the salary cap. Um, you know, we, we had the... Uh, Daily Cherry Evans uh, uh, debacle, if you want to call it that, a, a year or two ago, and uh, and it was really only through that falling over that we had enough cap space uh, last year to pick up some great players towards the end of the year in Conrad Hurrell and then Nathan Peets and of course Jared Hayne. So uh, you know we picked up three really strong players uh, because we were in a position and because we didn't panic last year. I mean Neil Henry could have rushed out and, uh, you know, wanted to buy the first players that became available. And he, and he was patient and took his time and said, no, no, let's wait and see who becomes available as we work our way through the season. So when when we got Jared on board, you know, we bought him as a marquee player and he, he's inspirational in what he does on the field. If he can be playing at his best, you know, I mean, all this stuff about training and so on, it, it, beca- it again, it becomes no conversation if yep. Jared's out there performing and leading the team. And, and that's what he does best. Uh, we know... He's proven to be able to do that, uh, and he's done pretty much everything he's attempted to do in his sporting career he's been successful at. Um, so, you know, if we can get Jared uh, on the field uh, without injury, uh, then I've got no doubt that he's got a lot to add to our team. If you're still CEO in uh, a few years, I've got every reason to think you are, because I think you're one of the more accomplished CEOs out there. Would you ever consider signing Tim Simona? Um, I would think um, the answer to that is no. Do you think the NRL handled it the right way yesterday by not saying life ban but by leaving the door open? Well, I think uh, my experience with the NRL both when I was there and since, uh, and things have changed obviously in the last five or so years since I was there, um, that um, generally the decision that they have to make is whether they uh, register a player or whether they don't. And 
in relation to extended bans, uh, their position that they've normally taken is that they don't have a decision to make on registration and, unless they're confronted with a request from a club to register somebody, and that's when they make a decision. So, um, you know, that's the way they've handled it in the past, and, uh, um, you know, I would think that it would be uh, very hard to see him being re-registered. Do you think that's your stance that you would not register him? Do you think that would be supported by your other 15 CEOs or do you think that, that someone out there might break ranks and, and look to register him at some point in the future? Well, look, it's probably an unfair question, Paul, because I can't speak for the other 15 clubs. All I can say is that um, while I'm at this club and with the culture that we're trying to build here, that I would think that that would not be an option for us. All right. Really appreciate you coming on, mate. Thanks, Graham. Thanks, Graham. Any, any time, guys. Thank you. Good on you, Graham Annesley, going one-on-one with Paul Kent. This is Sunday Triple M NRL. Thanks to Bryden's lawyers. Uh, New South Wales Intrust Cup still going. One minute. Penrith 52, West Tigers 12. A beautiful afternoon oh. at uh, Campbelltown Sports Stadium. Ne- you know what? He didn't even know that Gordon Tallis worked for the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> it was like... <laughs> yeah. He oh, thought no. you were just the guy that takes the complimentary Audi's home. He knows when the invoice comes in. <laughs> <laughs> he knows when the invoice comes. He knows when the invoice goes across can, the table. Can I ask just before we go, I just wanted to ask one question. I, I noticed um, that Graham said he didn't think it would take him 50 years to win a premiership. Guaranteed it wouldn't. But he did stop short of doing the Brian McGuigan at nights and saying it'll happen in the next three years. Mm, yeah, poor old Brian McGuigan's probably still trying to recover from that statement. But look, I don't think it'll take 50 years for the Gold Coast no. either. They are, they are a club. What you've got to understand is sometimes in this game you see clubs make appointments in CEOs and also in coaches, and you start to wonder what they're doing and what sort of direction they're trying to take the club in given the, who they're employing. But the, the Titans have got a very good coach in Neil Henry and a very good chief executive in Graham Annesley. Both are at the top of their game. Both know what is needed to make a club successful. And they are in a very deliberate process of doing that. You, you've only got to listen to his comments there. Last year when players were on the market and they had salary cap room, they didn't rush out and just spend the money that they had available to fill spots they had available. They said, no, let's wait for the right person to come. Then when the right person came along, such as Conrad Hunter. They, they went out and they made sure that they got that guy. So what, what that shows is that's a club that's in control of itself. Some, cl- some people are so pressured by the need for success that they almost are acting on other people's wishes. So they'll go out and they'll say, look, we're under a lot of pressure here from fans. We need a big-name player. Or we need, a, we need to get a new centre. And it's to save their job. Sure. Whereas Neil Henry and, and Graham Anderson, you can be sure that whatever, whatever point it comes when they leave that job, the club will be in a good place because they, that, that's the sort of people they are it's and that's the sort of people office. they employ. It's as good a front office as any club in the game. All right, Sunday Triple M NRL. That's Gordy Tallis, Paul Kent, Ryan Girdler and Maroon. Don't forget you can listen to every Triple M NRL call live on the app, the Triple M app. Download it now from iTunes or Google Play, Ryan. That, that's short for they pay Gordon's invoices on time. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> what, you're on a good uh, wicket. You got a, You do have your hands in it. You know, you do have your irons in a few fires, don't you? I mean, you get a car, you got the Titans, you got Fox Sports, you got Triple M. When I pick you up from the airport, do you pay for that plane ticket? Yeah, Lysart. Something to get NRL. Caliban. I'll probably is. get bingo bins too by the end of the day. I'll get mongrel boots, <laughs> yeah. scuff cap. Oh, you got no idea. Yeah, yeah. Be careful because Wendell, Wendell started down this track. What's he doing now? Mm, Sunday Triple M NRL. Yeah! Triple M rocks the NRL. Yo! Oh! For Bryden's Lawyers. Still to come. Coming up.
Plenty still to come on the show. We unleash Gordy Tallis with a little thing called the Raging Bull. He is well and truly out of the yard and ready to rock and roll. He's got some opinions of the Raging Bull coming up shortly. Nathan Brown, the Knights coach, will join us over the phone very shortly as well. Stay around. This is Sunday Triple M NRL. Triple M rocks. Sunday Arvo footy for Bryden's lawyers. Protecting your future.